That's the quick and easy boys with Red Light Rabbit. First up, we had Red Fang off 2011's Murder the Mountains, Wires, and Rick Bain and the Genius Position with I Wanna Die. Uh, this hour, we're going to talk to Rob Whitfield, local vocalist, and his friends, and then we'll chat with Sutro via Skype. Sit back and relax. This is the hour from Portland, Oregon. Here's Climber with We Are the New Man. Technology 
I know. It's what a old. jackass. There's no the and it's old. <laughs> I did the same thing though. I know. Whatever, <laughs> bastards. That looks good. Yeah, that was Demons Inside from Tuesday's Project. Oh yeah. We're here in my office with Rob Whitfield <laughs> of Tuesday's Project. And also of the Rob Whitfield Project. Indeedy. And Warren Stellar Effingstar from Old Devils. But he's also in the Rob Whitfield Project. I kind of. How do we find that? Proxy. <laughs> you are. It's That's all true. in the process. Yeah. And Charlotte, who plays viola in the Rob Whitfield Project. Oh, as yes. Well as, hello, as well hello. As singing. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so, great. I'm glad I could have you guys over. Thanks for having us. It was uh, a big deal, I thought, to have you out. I really enjoyed um, talking to Warren about your, your music. I had a great time uh, getting to know it a little bit uh, on Reverb Nation mm-hmm. at uh, Tuesday's Project. And the Rob Whitfield project. Yep. And then Whole getting in touch projects. with you. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the Rob Whitfield project. Uh, the Rob Whitfield project is uh, something I just recently put together this year. Um, had a lot of friends and fans over the years. They've just been asking me to go back to doing some of the music I was doing before I moved here, and so I felt it was time to do that. And moved from where? From Iowa. Ah. Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah, it was good timing. I I've had the privilege of meeting a lot of talented musicians over the years, and you know, and asked, me. asked Lauren and uh, Charlotte <laughs> and uh, Cheo, who also plays drums with Lauren's other band, uh, to join. And then uh, the guitar player with Tuesday's Project, uh, one of the guitar players, Donnie, is also going to join us as well on the recording. So, and Rob Whitfield Project is acoustic. Uh, well, it's gonna it's gonna be acoustic, um, but we're gonna mix. There's gonna be drums, bass, viola, and uh, electric guitar over the top of it as well. And so. then Tuesday's project obviously has a yeah. lot of rock. Yeah, I, I play acoustic on about half the songs on each okay. album, uh, but yeah, we have two other electric guitars as well. So. Do you play electric at all? Uh, no, I don't. I just play acoustic. I'd like to. I just haven't bought one because I'm too poor. That's why he has me. That's why he has me. Seems to be a recurring theme. The Robert Whitfield project because he needed the rock. (laughs) That's right. He needed the raw hand. (laughs) How did you find Rob? Rob found me. (laughs) No, actually, we were in... Or no, that's what it was. So I was like totally going through this weird, like, I don't know, just needed to... I I wanted to find a different band... What has it been like? Eight years ago? Nine years ago? Uh, about about seven, eight years ago. And I was just like looking around, and there was this band that needed a bass player, and and I listened to him, and it was this band, Straight Edge, but of strippers. And uh, I just loved what they did. I was like, God, that's great, because it was kind of like punk, like I don't know, power pop, kind of punky. I mean, it was just great, and um. And Rob was a singer for the band. He's just like, you know, had that just like booming voice. And it was just like, I don't know. We just, and we were in that four years, yeah. I think, together. And yeah, it was like, and then it's just like, I met people and he met people. And it's like, we've all just kind of crisscrossed in these bands now. And it's like, you know, Cheo came in. Like, I had tried out for a band that Cheo was in. And um, Cheo ended up being in the last legs of Straight Edge Buddhist Strippers, the drummer for that band. And then like, <laughs> 
you know, now it's like I play with him kind of full time, then he plays with Rob. And I mean, it's just weird. Man. It's just like we all just kind of like, you know, this weird Big mesh. revolving circle. So that's, yeah, and it's like Rob and I have just kind of known each other. Plus, we were drinking buddies for a long time. So. Sure were. <laughs> yes. Had plenty of nights of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and how did you factor into all this, Charlotte? Well, um, I think what really started it is uh, we went busking up in Seaside like last summer. And we just kind of discovered through jamming that the viola sounded really good with uh, with his with his pieces, and uh, it was kind of the birth of it. I think is what really started the idea. Yeah, it's like the extra guitar. It yeah, is, yeah, kind of, yeah. Except smaller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And more unique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and are you a Portlander, Charlotte? Actually, no, no. I'm from the Midwest too. I'm from okay. uh, I'm from South Dakota. So <laughs> South Dakota, yeah. Huh? <laughs> and, and what made you come to Portland? Uh, you know, honestly, I was just uh, just wanted to get out of South Dakota, so <laughs> I just started up here. I think I moved up here when I was 21, and then I met him about four years ago at a show when I was playing with the band, and he was just out in the crowd, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's fun. And so it kind of became music after that, so music-oriented. But And same same question, Rob. What what drew you to Portland? Uh, I was actually in recording school in Ohio, Uh and through oh, the, which one? Uh, the recording workshop mm-hmm. in Chillicothe, little mm-hmm. little hole in the wall town in the hills. Uh, but a few friends that were living with me in the cabin there, uh, we were out at a bar one night, and uh, one of them was like, "Let's move to Portland." And I was like, "Well, what the hell's in Portland?" And he said, "Music." Lorne. And so yeah, and Lorne eventually came oh, in the picture. <laughs> and uh, so I figured, you know, what the hell? I came out here uh, right after school. I came out and visited for a couple weeks just to check it out and. Fell in love with the place. I liked the people. Uh, the music scene was was real cool, and uh, so I figured I'd move out here and test my uh, musical talents out here. So, did you start out just solo? Did yeah. you go to like open mics or? Uh, well, I, I did solo stuff in the Midwest. I did a little tour around the Midwest for a while before I went to recording school and uh, did really well. And uh, when I came out here, I actually I, I wasn't really doing a lot of music, and I. I looked online, and the Straight Edge Buddhist Strippers were the first band I came across. <laughs> they were the catalyst for all this so craziness. I went and tried out. I had never heard their music. I didn't know who they were, how old they were. I didn't know anything about them. And uh, showed up and tried out and, you know, ended up getting the gig, and the rest is history Can we do, we do a whole show on Straight Edge? <laughs> sure could. Yeah. Do you get your hands into the work that you do musically when you're in the studio? Uh, Production-wise, sometimes. Um I'll probably have I'll definitely have a lot more say in in this album because of just working with Tyson who's helping record it, um, and me and him went to school together out there. And, and you guys are out in Gresham. Yeah. What? Shh. <laughs> Tell me about the studio out in Gresham. Uh, it's called Lost Studios, and uh, the drummer for Tuesday's Project owns it. Um, it's a real nice studio he built from the ground up out behind his house, and uh, he's had that for uh, I don't know probably about four years. I guess, well, I guess probably about five years he's had that. And, uh, yeah, I'd met him with the strippers as well. And so, <laughs> and now he and knows me. So as soon as that band cool. fell apart, he contacted me and wanted to see if I wanted to sing for them. So I just, that's yeah. right. That was like kind of right after that, wasn't it? It was right after. Cause I remember yeah. you telling me about And then that. I had another band that contacted me right after that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cause he so, wanted me in that one. Yeah. So is Lost Studios open to the public? It is. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he records quite a few, I mean, all different genres, and uh, he's been recording for about 10 years or more. And what formats does he use? 
Uh, he's got he uses Samplitude is what he uses for the recording software. Um, he's got an analog board, uh, and it's I can't remember the model of it that he's got. Um, but yeah, I mean it's he's got three isolation rooms. He's got a big live room. Um, it's yeah, bathroom, kitchen. It's, and what does he what does he charge for a day, for example? Uh, he does like ten hour blocks. It, well, I'm not sure what he charges hourly, but if you do like a ten hour block, it's fifteen an hour. So I wanted to ask you about your background because obviously you're a really strong singer. Uh, you must have been doing that for a really long time. Tell me about your experience singing growing up. I kind of discovered my voice and started. I just enjoyed singing as a kid, and I, I'd always. Uh, I'd sing to anything. I mean, a lot of the stuff I listened to when I was younger, ironically enough, was really old stuff, like that was way before my time. And, uh, you know, I got into, I did my first talent show when I was in like sixth grade, but I was always instrumentally like doing things. I played violin for a year, I did saxophone, and then I went into percussion. And I played percussion all through high school and, uh, yeah, did that for quite a while. Even the first year I was out here, I did that. And, um, but vocally, I just, uh, yeah, I just kept going with it, and um, it's probably about 18, 17, 18 was when I really started writing my own stuff and uh, sitting down and figuring out the guitar, because I'd never played it before, so I just kind of picked it up and played by ear and kind of figured it out that way. Well, mind you, his voice has always been, it's always sounded exactly the same, <laughs> from like three on up. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Very little change. Yeah, it's like, it, it's actually gotten higher. <laughs> Yeah, I skipped the puberty thing. <laughs> <laughs> he just came in like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> and and who would you count among your major influences? Uh, you know, family-wise, uh, my mother and my grandmother have always been uh, big influences for me with music and been very supportive. Um, I have an uncle also that's a musician. He lives up in Seattle, and uh, he's an artist and musician, and he's always been a big inspiration for me to, you know, he's taught me some stuff on the mic and and on the bass and harmonica and he's just a well-rounded guy and he's always been supportive um musically though i mean it's uh i've always been interested in a lot of bands i've never really had a, a favorite or anything um I, I just anything that's good you know and so i listen to a lot of the stuff you know i grew up around a lot of the stuff from like the 70s obviously from my parents but yeah i feel like when i listen to your tunes that you sound like yourself you don't sound like you're trying to That's copy somebody else's style <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, um, sound like, you know, something sure. else. So I appreciate I'm that. not really going anywhere with that. Yeah. Comment. I just, <laughs> like you sent me that acoustic tune more to come. And the one thing I noticed on it that really stood out at me was how transparent your voice was through the microphone. It was like a very musical recording of a microphone sound and i was wondering both um what microphone you used on that it was actually that was actually recorded with an mxl uh i can't remember the actual uh number on it um it was actually a new mic that we have out at the studio that i just tried out the other day that's amazing it's a neumann u87 and uh so i'm going to be using that to record the vocals for the actual album itself because it's just pristine sound i mean it's, the clarity on it is amazing and uh yeah the, but i've been using the mxl for all the recordings so far up till now and i i felt like it sounded like the first take that was the first take actually on that one yeah uh, yeah that's... it was uh it's a rough recording it was just something to put together so i could sh send it off to everybody to 
do their parts to figure out what they want to do. So uh, I should probably work on that. <laughs> Slacker <laughs> over here. <laughs> no, I wouldn't actually. I came up some stuff. <laughs> we'll see on Wednesday. It's cool stuff. I, could, I have to relearn it now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I threw that in the mix because I thought that was a really beautiful recording. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and a nice vocal mic, I have to say. It, it is. Uh, I've, I've used quite a few mics, and it's it's not a very expensive mic, which is the cool part about it. And it's uh, it's one that Tom had at the studio, and uh, we used it for Tuesday's project. And I, I just always I've enjoyed it out of all the other mics I've used. And but then I had a thirty five hundred dollar mic placed <laughs> in front of me, and it was much better. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard to beat a U eighty seven. It sure is. Yeah. <laughs>
she left to go to Nashville and uh, so yeah and then I'm I'm working on setting up some shows for the summer hopefully get us into at least one or two festivals and, and talking uh, about uh, the Tiger Bar perhaps this summer yeah definitely we may book something up in Seattle together yeah oh that's a good idea yeah it's I yeah I already mentioned it to the guys they were like yeah let's do it oh wait that one that one I have to check on yet oh come on yeah I'll, I'll get on it man I'm yeah and again uh, you know contact um Northwest Music Scene blog in Tacoma. Get on the Northwest Band Venue Exchange group. I actually did that the other day. Yeah. Or you can uh, get a hold of me, too. It's a cool, cool Everyone's spot. info now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best place to be if you're in the I-5 corridor in the Pacific Northwest and you need a place to play or somebody to play uh, for you or... Heaven forbid somebody backs out of a gig and you need a replacement fast. Just call Warren. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Five oh three. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about that because I forgot you commented on that. That was so sweet. I half expected you guys to go up and do that. I do. Had I known about it earlier, I would have called and said, "Hey, can we be in Seattle in the next two hours?" I, and I was serious. Like, like, I want you back here. I would have, I would have totally done it. Just let me get my helicopter out real quick. And no, that's a, that is a <laughs> we'll great that that north uh, the northwest venue. That, that's just awesome. That's it like is a cool. Killer yeah. site, man. <laughs> but no, that was hilarious. I like personally got called out, and both of you like he can come, but he has to come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, how does the city impact your artistic process? I mean, is there something about Portland that maybe has changed the way that you write or you sing? Um, singing wise, I mean, it's singing wise, it's just been in, in being involved in so many different groups. I've, I've been in three groups now out here. Um, every one of them has been a different genre. And so I've, they've all pushed me vocally in different directions and tested, tested me in ways that I wouldn't have done otherwise. And so it's helped me discover my range and what I'm, what I'm capable of doing. I mean, I remember this guy when we were recording the strippers album, uh, telling me to sing from the gut because at the time I was singing from the throat and the head, and he actually like punched me in the gut just to like give me not an hard, idea though, of hard. where I should be I breathing from, and it worked. <laughs> so well, yeah, you know, because we spent kudos. some because really Rob and I did a lot of the post production and all that on the yeah. on the strippers album, and and uh, that was the thing. It's like I could just tell he just you know he he's totally has the capability of hitting like different ranges, but I I think part of it was. And that was the thing they used to say, like in the strippers, is like, and and it was to some extent, you know, it kind of kept him in a certain spot. And I was like, screw that, you know, we can do more than that because the music, because the music is essentially kind of, you know, linear. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like it's staying kind of in one spot. So you can move all over the place, man. Mm-hmm. And so we worked a lot, you know, just on the vocals and stuff. Like him and I would go in there together and just like work on just getting him, you know, pushing his voice up and it's just really cool because I hear a lot in Tuesday's project oh, yeah. how just you're just like boom yeah. you know, you're like out there and it's just like yeah man it's changed a lot yeah it's, and it's just uh, from different experiences um, my you know. boy has become a man <laughs> <laughs> he finally punched me hard <laughs> enough <laughs> but yeah and I mean it, it 
Tom's helped me a lot too as a vocalist. And then I was in another group called Love Lies Dying for about a year. And um, Shane, the guitar player for that group, he he pushed me a lot too and and hitting ranges that I didn't even know I was capable of. So that's all helped. I mean, as for like the songwriting process, it's really, uh, I don't ever base anything that I write as of just things going on around here. I kind of look at the big picture of everything come up with ideas that way and and sometimes with with some of the stuff i i take a lot of input writing wise as well from other people and kind of combine ideas just to make sure it doesn't all sound the same uh yeah i mean there's a song that i wrote just recently it's uh it's definitely more of a upbeat kind of uh it's definitely got the potential to be more of like a summary kind of you know go out and have a good time kind, kind of like song. A, yeah, like Rob's version of Today Was a Good Day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah. And and is there any chance I can get some straight edge Buddha strippers music? For sure. Definitely. Yeah. Bring back the old school. That'd be fun. Yeah. No, it's 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 good stuff. I mean it was it was our shows were killer. I mean I, I that's the one thing I do Dude. miss about that band is it was probably the most energetic band i've ever played with i mean we every place we played i mean there could be two people there and we just tore it up like there was a hundred on stage it was insane and uh yeah even kpsu asked us like do you guys normally practice like this because we were like bouncing around and all over the place yeah we're like yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean it's played some of the definitely gladly bring in some of that (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) yeah Payette, idaho that was, oh, that was such good. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to say, if anybody ever gets a chance to play a payette at a place called the Sundowner, yes, do it. Definitely do it. It is a cool little spot. Oh at, my god! In a little little town. Where is it? It's in Idaho, right on the border it's, of Oregon and Idaho. Okay. Yeah, Ontario. It's right across from Ontario, right. and it's just it looks like something out of a movie set, man. Mm-hmm. It's just like decaying buildings and this and that. <laughs> but we played on my birthday there in like two thousand seven. Yeah, right around there, 2000, yeah, 2006, 2007. Something like that. Yeah, and it was just, the whole town shuts down and comes to this club, and plus, <laughs> the stage is like 12 feet off the ground, and it's just, dude, it is insanity. It's it, like the most insane thing, because it's like you instantly have a packed show. Uh-huh. And they were just totally like, the guy was like, I can't really pay anything. He's like, oh, I'll try to give you some gas. He gave us like 35 bucks out of his own pocket yeah. and like fed us and gave us drinks like all night long. Yeah. It was just, I mean, it was insane. The place was packed. It was, it was completely like, packed. Yeah. And they all came over to eat breakfast with us afterwards. Oh, yeah. We like all went over to the little cafe next like door. Left. Like they closed the bar <laughs> and went awesome. over to the 24-hour you know, food place. And, I mean, and I was so you. drunk, I ordered my the same thing twice. And the woman <laughs> just was like, you just ordered that. It was like, nah, all right. <laughs> Mind you, we just played in Boise the night before, and it was absolutely horrible. And so we pulled up to this place, and they had a, a little chalkboard outside that had your name on it. And we were just like, oh, this is going to be dandy, you know? Like, yeah, we're like, oh, joy. And then we got in there, we're like, this is awesome. <laughs> it's the coolest place we've ever played. <laughs> and those stairs, getting your equipment. Definitely hit that up if you get through there. <laughs> but I digress. And are you doing anything else musically, Rob, that uh, we should know about? Uh, no, just uh, just these two projects. Um that's we'll we'll find you uh, busking on the city of Portland streets. Uh, more than likely this summer. Yeah, uh, me, me and her oh, nice. always get out and try to do that at least a little bit in the summer. Uh, we did the busking festival last summer hmm. uh, downtown. Uh, it was pretty fun. I mean, our, our best experience has been honestly out in Seaside, ironically enough. Just a lot of tourists out there and um, 
uh, it's it's cool out there because people actually take the time to sit and listen. And you know, you meet people from all over. We met some lady from Canada when we were out there, and she was talking about how good it would go over up in Vancouver. You know, so. But it's it's just cool to check out, you know. Uh, it's such a huge age group out there, like old people, young people, and all of them seem to enjoy it. So apparently, in Rockaway, there's this huge rock festival, Rocktoberfest, huh. every year. So I guess hmm, uh, getting in touch with them. <laughs> yeah, I is think it's it in September. Is it it's the, <laughs> yeah, something like the that. Julian March. calendar or something? <laughs> and um, Manzanita has some little club. I can't remember the name of it now. My friend told me about it. But there's some little rock club in Manzanita that I guess it's the same thing where people just come out of the woodwork to hear rock. That's awesome. That's good and to know. I've heard that you should do a really good show out there. We'll hitting, oh, I know we'll which place you're talking about in Manzanita. No, it's a uh, God, what is the name of that? And that is a killer little place. I guess more stuff for me to book. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> busy, busy. <laughs> Oregon yeah. to- Coast Tour. That's right. O twelve or whatever it is. Oct twelve. Oct twelve. <laughs> the Ott the Tour. Yeah, Ott Tour Festival. Yeah. We Ott. <laughs> <laughs> we Otta Tour. All right, well, I'd like to thank you guys for coming out. Rob, yeah. Charlotte, Lauren. Thanks for having yeah, us. I appreciate yeah, you coming up today you. and, and telling me about yourselves. And uh, we will feature some more Tuesday's Project stuff uh, in the future and find out what's going on with them. Uh, as soon as we know it. Sounds good. Peter, Thanks, guys. On behalf of me, I'd like to thank you. <laughs> uh, wow. Thanks, Lauren. Truly. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. And thanks for sending me the Straight Edge Buddha Strippers tune, Theory of a Conspiracy, off of your completed Catastrophes album. Here's some more music.
Just Getting By by Synchro. We're going to talk to them in just a little bit. Uh, Before that, we heard Murr Larson with Your Undertow and Ruby Feathers, Margaret, my dear. And next month, we're going to feature them in a special uh, live recording at their practice space and interview. And I think our drummer, Kenny Field, might even get in on that interview. So that should be a lot of fun. And we're going to set that up here in a couple weeks. Uh, now I got an opportunity to chat with Sutro live via Skype, and we tried a few different variants of Skype before we discovered that the uh, just regular telephone Skype with the teleconference feature was the best way to do it. We had Keenan on the line from San Francisco, and we had Tyler and Patrick and Jesse at Jesse's studio. Hey. Hey, that sounds good. 
Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a lot better. Here. <laughs> we got oh, it. Oh, great. It's the button that looks like three people and a plus sign. The same. I don't hey. think I have it. Keenan? I'm here. All right. Uh, hey. <laughs> this is Sutro. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so we're in Portland and San Francisco. Yep. That's how we do it. You guys have been playing and traveling around a bit, too. Yeah. We just got back from a trip to San Francisco to do some tracking with our bass player, Keenan. Who's joining us here via Skype? Hi, Keenan. <laughs> Hi. Do you guys work at a studio down there? Uh, actually, yeah. We um, had the distinct pleasure of working um, of working with our friend Brett from a band, Karma Coda, that we've done a lot of shows with in San Francisco. And... Um, they have an amazing studio set up over on Treasure Island that uh, we were able to do our tracking in this last time. That was pretty cool. Most of it's old military bases, but it's uh, it's a really interesting spot. The what they're doing with the buildings out there now are really a lot of interesting things going on. So, and then there's the big Treasure Island Music Festival that happens every year out there. So, I, I recommend that if you do go out. Yeah, that's a, that's a good first visit. Treasure Island Music Fest. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. Yeah. Is that where you recorded your new single? No, the new single, um, gosh, I think we mostly recorded that here and at my studio, right, Jesse? Yeah. Um, so we did we did the live tracking over here at Jesse's studio, and um, then a lot of the programming got done over at my mm. studio and sent over here. Yeah, and then... Some more mixing over here. It's right. a real. We have a real combined workflow effort going on. Yeah, I was wondering if there was a follow up. Yeah, well, that's why we're rehearsing tonight. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> you should ask. Um, right. Yeah, we've got the plan is uh, to get our EP out in the spring, late spring, probably June. Um, and so, why are you laughing? I always think of that as summer. But I know, okay. but you know, summer doesn't start till the 21st of June, so I'm calling it a late spring release. <laughs> okay. Um, right? Okay? Like my logic there? According to the farmer's almond. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it will be spring. Um, and, yeah, it'll still be raining here. So, um, anyway, yeah, so that'll be that'll be like an EP follow-up to the single, and then from there we'll have another single in the fall, and then the album will come out uh, in December. So what's your what's your Portland connection? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, we were in San Francisco, Patrick and myself, along with Keenan, who's still there. We left him there to hold, hold down the fort. But Sutro is actually more of a San Francisco-centric name. Um, and we really just adopted it because it meant nothing. And we liked that. And we liked the way it sounded. And we thought it sounded like our music. Um, and from there, Patrick and I moved up here. And then that's when we connected with Jesse and started working with him. Um, and it all just came it together. It just keeps going. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't change our name to Portlandia or anything like that. So. <laughs> Yeah, was what, what was that called before it was called Portlandia? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> I think, it, yeah, I think, I think they were in Cleveland. <laughs> so, uh, 
Are you guys playing around in Portland this spring? Well, actually, our our two our 2012 tour is going to consist of a series of stage dive shows. Um, so we will be playing around, but um, not in the conventional sense. We'll be doing mostly streaming shows from small venues. Kind of the idea is to do more boutique VIP type events, but get out to our entire fan base which is kind of scattered all over the place and that way everybody can be at every show yeah to, so to, um the by stage dive concert tyler means a live video stream via stagedive.com which is the website that i cooperate yeah definitely want to know more about stagedive.com so we bring uh, cameras in to wherever the concert is happening and do a live video stream which is then broadcast out to the world and all the band's fans can watch that for free. So it provides a really great way for bands to connect with fans all over the planet, or even fans in their same city who just can't make it out because it's a weeknight or whatever. Couldn't get a babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> exactly. Um, yep. But we, we were looking at the viewer statistics for the last sutro concert where which was simultaneously broadcast online and we were so inspired by the number of people who were tuning in from all over that we thought well hey this would be a great way to just reach the majority of our fans without a lot of the um, expenses and other hassle that can go into a physical tour which can be challenging you know when people have things like jobs and families and all the trappings of modern life yeah right uh, you just play a bunch and expenses people pick it up yeah. <laughs> um one of the things that we're really excited about is another stage dive artist Murr larson has just built out a warehouse space with a private stage mm. and we're going to be the dedicated streaming partner there so we have a really really nice curated venue that was we smart have, of him yeah so we have total control over that. Um, he, wow. he did a great job with both the decoration and the lighting. So it's really going to be more like a in-studio live performance, you know, as opposed to having to deal with the challenges of doing it at a venue, which in Portland sometimes means at a bar, um, which uh, you know, just can be tricky when the, the bar is working on you know, running its business and we have other concerns like lighting and sound and, and sound <laughs> and sound <laughs> and sound uh, well, lighting so, draws a lot too yeah so yeah, but, but it's always helpful to have sound that, that <laughs> so between you know between uh, this awesome space that Merck created and some actual literal living room events uh, oh. uh just going to be organizing some semi-private parties because uh we want to give them more of an exclusive VIP feeling. So if you're there, you know, you're just one of, of a small handful of people who were invited. You have to be invited to these now. It's not like, oh, please come, everybody spend $20 and come to our show. It's like, you actually get to come to our show. Everybody else is going to get to watch it online, but you're going to be one of the few members that's VIP and is in the audience. So we're trying to make it a little more special and a little more intimate and, um, so that each show is something really unique and a unique experience. And also try to get some of the viewers that are online to host their own parties. 
so it's different, you know, so like maybe a little social pockets happening, but all experiencing the same. This isn't that whole couch by couch West thing I heard about, is it? No, but that sounds no, pretty good too. Kind of, <laughs> those are the people that are actually surfing on the sofa, sofa surfing, and you know, there's that, there's that scene too where they they just go from living room to living room doing their tour. Um, ours will be a little bit more like, yeah, we'll be in all the living rooms, but it'll just be on one night. And we'll, the the really the goal is to have a bunch of people across the country world hosting their own parties the night that we do our show and then we'll try to do a live interaction via twitter or something where we're all talking to each other and and um we can comment to each other and and all be together on one night but but uh you know via all internet over, yeah. all over all over. it'll be the world tour in one night <laughs> although i like <laughs> the idea of the south by southwest and a and a couch so i'm thinking maybe we could do this actually have somebody at South by Southwest put a laptop on a sofa <laughs> and actually perform. While the streaming. laptop's on the sofa. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Born, born by giant carriers. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, so, and when people are hosting these parties, you know, they could, um, you know, use a projector or so many people now have monstrous flat screen displays and great sound systems in their house. It's as if we're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, in all seriousness, it, it provides a, you know, a great way for people to have really, you know, high quality experience when they can have great food and drink, they can control who comes into their living room you can control your own environment. You don't have to go to that smelly bar that you didn't like the last time you were there. Yeah. So it's just a, it's kind of a new take on the live music experience. And we're really looking forward to it. I think it's great. I mean, for once, uh, somebody's really taking control of that sphere uh, at a grassroots level. Absolutely. And to be able to, to go in somewhere uh, local, I mean, really locally local and and drop down a what T1 connection and HD video uh, pretty much on demand. Yeah. Uh, and and do that on a global scale. That's phenomenal. It's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to get to be a part of it and use yeah. it. Yeah. yeah definitely. And I was excited to be able to ask you guys about it. Um, I do know a few of the stage dive artists. Uh, many I don't know, and I've had a lot of fun perusing the website, uh, stagedive.com. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. It is a great tool for music discovery. I personally had my musical taste expanded quite a bit just by virtue of that artist with whom we've worked. Um, it's been a great way to both discover and showcase a lot of the awesome things that are happening in Portland. Yeah do it in a really high-class way. Totally. One of the things that is an important distinction, which <clears throat> Tyler alluded to earlier, is the sound. You know, we p spend yeah. a lot of time trying to get the sound right, not only in the, in the real-time streams, um, but also in going back to the material after the fact and doing extra mastering and treatment on the audio before the video archives get posted. Um, you know, the goal is just to have something that's you're much more listenable than most of the things you might find in places like YouTube and other, uh, you know, just less, uh, less controlled environments. 
Because yeah. Yeah. I think, like, it's, you can watch a, a video on YouTube or something for a minute or two from someone's cell phone, but if, the, if it doesn't sound good, it's nothing more than a novelty. Like, that's not something that can hold your attention as long-form entertainment. Yeah, yeah you kind of have a specialized talent for doing that, too. I understand you do some other gigs, but I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. Your setup is uh, very sophisticated, and uh, I think so is your talent. Uh, oh, all thanks. That, all that audio stuff. Yeah, video, too. Um, it's been really exciting for me to, uh, you know, be working in Sutro because it's such a a band that embraces technology, um, both in terms of the instrumentation and the sound, but also like uh, the way we've been practicing. Uh, we've been rehearsing. It's a challenge when Keenan's in San Francisco. Um, Is that a permanent status? Oh, uh, I. I I can't speak to that. <laughs> well, let me bounces back and forth. I'm planning on moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and nobody's encouraging him to. So. Yeah. <laughs> we're just working on picking up Portland and moving it to the Bay Area. Right. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, having a little trouble with the funding on that, although you know. But we have a Kickstarter campaign going, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, we've been using a, a tool called Jamlink via the website musicianlink.com, which gives us a somewhat low-latency two-way audio connection uh -huh. that allows us to practice in real time. Uh, it's been a, you know, it's, it's not a perfect system, but it's in development, and we've been trying to make some tweaks to make it as usable as possible, but it's been really great for both gig preparation and songwriting. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think it's really opened up since we've started using it. I mean, before what we would do is we would kind of record what we were doing up here. We'd send it down to Keenan. He'd work on his bass parts. He'd send them back up to us. We'd play with them. And that was okay, but you didn't have the interaction that you get from a from a live rehearsal and, and the, oh, 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 I like what you're playing right there kind yeah. of thing going on. And I think even though we don't have, it's not perfect and we don't have this, like it's certainly, you certainly wouldn't want to record it live or even maybe have someone come listen to it while you're doing it. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good enough for our ears. We can tell what's going on and it's created a, you know, a really nice way that we can actually just have regular rehearsals now with all of us. So it's been great. It's definitely helped move the writing process forward as well. For mm -hmm. sure. Much faster. Yeah, so we just now need to get um, Comcast to give us a dedicated uh, <laughs> two-way business class. Right. Uh, we would settle for five megabits. <laughs> right. Ten would be nicer. Do you hear that, Comcast? <laughs> Someone so, so can you, is it low latency enough to record yourselves and release something uh, from those jams? No. No. Yeah, and you can but, it but, somehow. but what we can do is like Keenan can know, send you the bass track. Yeah, like he, we can record us at this end, and he can record him at that end, and we can merge them together and listen. And we have done that, and it it it's works. But yeah, you yeah, can't record all of us. It's nothing that I I would release, but 
<laughs> you know, it's a it's an it's an yeah for scratch stuff or we you know we do the scratch stuff then we can go create our own recording you know minus the bass mm -hmm. send that down and keenan can then record his part like we did at brett's studio uh, and bring it back up here to mix so you know it's using a lot of tools in, in different ways that we have at our disposal to None of them are perfect, but when you put them all together, it allows us to get work done. Yeah, there's a lot of technology going on there. Totally. Yeah, we're trying to see how much of it we can use at once. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask about the electronic side of your band and what kinds of gear you're using for that, and what are your thoughts about electronic music? I hated it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's a loaded question because that you know kind of goes. Like we all are using electronic elements, but um, from my end, I'm working. This is actually what's kind of interesting: the, the juxtaposition between Jesse's studio and my studio. But from my end, I work with Digital Performer, which allows me a lot of flexibility via MIDI, which is how I do a lot of my programming. Um, so that that's kind of the brains of my operation is is using a lot of midi a lot of synth software a lot of samples but you know my samples i generally put into um what a digital or motus mach 5 which is just like any sample instrument that i can lay the samples across the keyboard and play them like like it's a synth so um so the programming is very midi based and not not a lot of uh not a lot of sound files going on for me until the final product. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll come over here, and I run Logic Pro, uh, which I use both for, of course, for the audio recording. We do most of the audio tracking over here, as well as just a different palette of software synthesizers and hardware synthesizers, all controlled via MIDI. Um, and over here, we have an interesting hybrid environment of even if we're using synthesizers, sometimes those are going through tube amps or other analog outside the box processing to add just that extra bit of warmth and dimension um, that we try to make part of the sound of the band. Sure. And I, I run just a mix of analog and digital effects for my guitars, so it's kind of a an array of a sound palette. So. What kind of guitars in the band? Uh, I have a, a Gretsch Anniversary and a Fender uh, Nocaster. And I have um, Carvin uh, five-string basses. Uh, they're custom-made. Oh, yeah. One is uh, one fretted and one fretless. Do you play microtones? Um, not for this band. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't quite fit in. <laughs> yeah, that's for the other side project, but that can only come out after the album gets finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I thought the name Sutro was sort of exotic sounding enough. <laughs> exotic. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah, people do tend to confuse Sutro and Sutra. Uh -huh. Um, 
it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> like Tyler was saying, nobody knows what sutro means anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. What people do with our music in private is their own business. <laughs> <laughs> Until it goes up on YouTube. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And then and as then, long as we're getting paid, it's their own business. <laughs> yeah. well, as long as we get the licensing. That's right. It's whatever they please. Have at it. <laughs> well, uh, Sutro, Stage Dive, all you guys, um, I want to thank you for your time and for letting me uh, pick your brains about Sutro and all that stuff. So we'll be looking for that more as time goes on. Sounds like an album in December. And um, is there any final parting thought? Yeah. Um, if people want to keep uh, track of what's going on, they can always check us out at the website, www.sutro-music.com. Or follow us on Twitter. Keenan? Um, at Sutro Music. Right. Uh, or Facebook. <laughs> you can Facebook us at Facebook, what is it, slash Sutro Music? Uh, Sutro Music. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can tune in to live broadcasts and archives of previous concerts at stagedive.com or follow us at on Twitter at stagedive.info. Similarly, Facebook.com slash stage dive info. Uh, we would love it. Uh, we, meaning both stage dive and Sutro, would love it if you um, are listening or participating online. Send us a shout or a message. We really enjoy interacting with our fans. Great. Well, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Good talking to you. <laughs>